0: Welcome to the Thunder Buddies Podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 130-109 to win over the Brooklyn Nets on Friday night at Barclays Center. Barry, um, strange one. R- real strange. The Thunder, maybe not for the first time all season. They've played the Rockets uh, a couple times. But one of the rare times when the Thunder is the better team, and it just feels so bizarre saying that, Against the Nets, the presumptive favorite to start the season, perhaps this still the presumptive favorite to come out of the East, and maybe they'll win the NBA title. But tonight um, was not an NBA title team because they started DeRon Sharp, they started Kessler Edwards, DeAndre Bembry, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving, no Joe Harris, no LaMarcus Aldridge, no a lot of guys, and the Thunder put the beat down on um, the Thunder's biggest win of the season, their most points of the season, their most threes of the season, best three-point percentage of the season. Is there anything I'm leaving out, Barry?
1: Well, I don't know. Um, when you saw the Brooklyn starting lineup, you sort of knew. I didn't know if you knew this was possible, but you thought, this is not the Nets that you know anybody signed up for. This is... You, know, you rarely see a team with a superstar and that many sort of anonymous players. I mean, I remember Bembry from Atlanta days, um, but I got to say –
0: They started Bruce Brown, he's solid, but then Edwards you know, but, was a second-round pick and Sharp was at the end of the first.
1: Yeah, so you're talking about two guys that really not not very well-versed in the rigors of the NBA <laughs> –
0: so Edwards is um, a Pepperdine man. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm.
1: Who knew the wave? But uh, <laughs> but um, speaking of that, you know what we did the, uh, at church Sunday, the pastor, um, he was trying to get everybody fired up. He thought they were a little bit uh, lackadaisical. He had us do the wave. I hadn't done the wave. I hadn't seen the wave in 15 years. We did the wave.
0: Hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, did you get yeah. you fired up?
1: He started on my end. I was sitting near the edge, and I was sitting near the front, and I was, so I was one of the first two or three people in the wave, so I, I
0: did the wave. If there's anyone um, who can get a wave going, I would say it's you.
1: Well, I don't know, but we did the wave. Um, I actually thought the wave has been pretty cool when I've seen it in baseball parks and things. Yeah. It's actually sort of cool, just the effect of seeing it go around the crowd. I assume they didn't do a lot of the wave at Brooklyn tonight.
0: No, not a um, lot of waves.
1: Um, not a lot of wave. James Harden did a lot of waving at Thunder uh, offensive players because, you know, when I, what I was going to say is when you got that anonymous lineup that the Brooklyn's had and you got Harden out there, he seemed on the disinterested side of life to me.
0: I, I personally do not blame him. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, he, he's playing with those guys. And also, I, I don't know um, if everyone realizes that the Nets have had a crazy schedule so they had a Sunday night Monday night back to back Sunday in Brooklyn Monday in Portland it was a six-hour flight um and and they had to do that because of a cancellation and then they come back and they have a game uh Wednesday night in Chicago and Thursday night at home against the Thunder and James Harden's looking around and and all of his uh other best teammates are not playing so I, I totally get how he might be a little disinterested in this one.
1: Well, that was a, it was a, uh, it, was a uh, it was an interesting night. Um, uh, Lou Dort. It's always fun to watch Lou Dort guard James Harden because he does it so well, and Harden gets upset and those kinds of things. And not, not for just the first time, Lou Dort outplayed James Harden. Um, tonight. So, uh, outscored him on many fewer shots. Um, Had no turnovers. Season high six threes. Yeah, James Harden had three turnovers. So, 25. Uh, Let's see. uh, Basically, Harden used 29 possessions. Lou Dort used uh, 17, 19, 19 possessions. And Lou Dort outscored him. So, with no Kevin Durant on the court, that's going to be that's going to be a death knell for the for the Nets, and it was. The uh, so w- uh,
0: one, one thing on the Harden note, like I, I asked Mark note before the game about the success Lou has had guarding Harden, and one of the things that makes a lot of sense, and you know, it, it's become obvious, Lou is a really good defensive player against those big physical guards like Harden. Who's who's really strong, and he struggles against. Well, everyone struggles against Steph Curry, but the quicker guards who run all around the perimeter, and Lou Dort's got to chase him around. He's he he struggles with those guys, but like Harden is, Harden is his kind of matchup. You know that guy that yeah. just wants to go right into your body.
1: Yeah, in other words, you know, keeping it in the Nets family, Dort would not be as good against Kyrie Irving. No, as. Against James Harden, yeah, that's that's exactly right. So, uh, so great uh, w- when when uh, Giddy Dort and SGA combined to shoot make to combined to shoot fifty two shots, and they make twenty eight of them. Uh, the Thunder's going to beat most teams. You know, they. I thought I thought it was an outstanding um, offensive night for the. Uh, for the uh for the Thunder.
0: Yeah, I mean the biggest thing was the three-point shot. Uh like I said, a season high 20 made three-pointers, season high 44%. This is the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. It's the worst three-point shooting team in the, at least the last 10 years. Um I got sidetracked and and stopped going back uh <laughs> to to look, to look at that, but I I'll, I'll have to update you on the next podcast. Um, but yeah, the th- the thunder shot it well. By, by the way, uh, Mike Muscala, he scored fourteen points in twelve minutes on four of four <sighs> three point shooting.
1: That's that's rock solid. That's rock <laughs> solid. Um, so yeah, and you know, I, I thought it's a good night all around. Um, Shea was you know, really sh- really good. Shea Alexander, uh, Gilgis Alexander, ex- exquisite. He's one assist shy of a of a triple double. Um, I thought Trey Mann was good and solid.
0: Basley was good. I,
1: th- I thought Baisley was good until he got a look. He reverted back to bad shot selection there for a little bit of stretch. But I, you know, I, I'll, I'll let it go. Um, but um, yeah, very a very good night. A very good night for the uh, for the Thunder. Yeah, Dor- if, you know, I was going to say if the Thunder's got to win a game and hurt their lottery standings, you definitely want it to come against Brooklyn. So. You know, I think that's all in all a very good a very good night at the opera.
0: Um, Dort and SGA had 26 of the Thunder's first 32 points. SGA had a career-high 21 points in the first half. So he got going really early. Um, he said after the game, it's kind of funny. I don't think he meant it to be funny, but he, he was like, Mark told us the other day that we're the slowest starting team in the NBA. He was like, is, "Is that right?" And we all just, I guess, kind of nodded. And he was like, "Yeah, I, I didn't like that." So I guess he got going <laughs> earlier tonight. Um, Dagnall also said the Nets threw a boxed one at Shea, which he hasn't really seen much before. Obviously, a defense designed to, to stop one guy, and, and that guy was Shea. And Shea said he saw that as a compliment. So, um, yeah, he was he was excellent. Thirty three, ten, and nine for. Mr. Gil's just Alexander, and he was slumping big time, and now he's put together. He's had a really nice road trip at, at Washington, at Brooklyn.
1: Well, he had 16 points in the first quarter tonight, so um, you know that'll get you. That'll get you going pretty pretty good. So, um, yeah, just all in all, an outstanding an outstanding night for the Thunder, and of course, Dagnall talked excessively about trying to build a culture and, and trying to build a, a way to play and just the way they played at night was, was outstanding, 32 assists. Uh, the one thing I – Dagnall keeps saying this. Tell me what he means by this. Uh, he said shot-making is sort of the one, one of the things you can't control because, you know, people keep asking about, you know, they had a good shooting night and how well they played. And he said, well, you know, it always helps when the ball goes in. But, you know, we try to keep – we try to control the things we can control. Um, and <laughs> Shop making is not one of those. What does he mean? Shop making is not one of the things you control. You're the one shooting it. What does it? is it?
0: That's probably worth a story because he yeah he he almost talks about it like it's uh like like baseball analysts talk about Babbitt batting average on balls in play. How basically you. You know, some guys have – their batting average doesn't reflect how how good they had been in that particular season. They had really bad luck on balls that were in play. And it it almost like takes the – takes skill out of it. But he he almost like talks about that in basketball terms of how just the variance of shot making. Um, But yeah, clearly –
1: yeah, I, mean, there's a I, I, I realize
0: there is some variance, and yeah. some nights you are going to miss, but it starts to balance out over the course of 30, 40 games,
1: and it's in your control. You are the one deciding whether to shoot. You are the one deciding
0: how to right. shoot it. You are the one that shoots it. St- Steph Curry isn't the luckiest player in the NBA. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, over, I, I, you know, it's like when I was a kid and I used to, I used to think, well, walks don't, you know, uh, walks are just walks in baseball. And then after I got grown and started figuring out baseball I realized, you know, the good players walk a lot. They don't strain, they don't they don't swing at balls. The bad players swing at balls. So, you know, the good players control their shots. They they, they make their shots. It's not a cosmic force that guides the ball into the basket. Somebody shoots it into the basket. So, yeah, ask him what he means by that. How, do, how does he defend himself in a court of law saying this I, is not
0: I want you to ask him what he means by that. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're more well, passionate I'll, about this <laughs> subject than I am. I'll, okay, I'll ask you
1: <laughs> next time I'm on. Now, maybe uh, Saturday night or Monday night or something, I'll ask you. I'll say, well, tell me about it. I don't understand. <laughs> you don't, don't control it's something you don't control. Of course you control it.
0: Some of the players have almost, like, repeated that same, like, line, I've heard line, that, I've too. Heard it. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. You didn't shoot it well tonight. Well, we're just controlling what we we can control.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't control who's guarding you. (laughs) You can't control how hard the other team guards you. You can't control what the ref does with his whistle. You can't control what your teammate does with the ball, if he's going to pass it to you or not. But, dadgummit, when you got the ball and you go go up for a shot, you're the one under control. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, Mm. I I think – I don't understand. Just one last thought on this. I, I think like say you have back-to-back games where you're generating open three-point shots. One night you make it, one night you miss it. That seems to be Yeah. He he seems to like I I mean rightfully so care more about the quality of the looks than whether or not they go in or not. Yeah. I mean he,
1: I think he's probably just using the wrong term. Um maybe he means you know we're going to we're going to rely on things that are more reliable or sustainable than just random shooting which you know it's different than what we can control right you know that's a like, you know it's like it's like seve Ballesteros saying you know i just can't can you know when you get on the green it's just you know you're, you you can't control it you just you put it and it either goes in or it doesn't nothing i can control you're totally in control you're totally in control
0: yeah I can't wait to read this column.
1: By the way, would you like to know my favorite part of the night tonight? My favorite part of the game.
0: Um.
1: We have a we have a play in the second half. Let's see. Uh, oh, they called. I think it was Thomas. Is that who it was? Yeah, Cam Thomas. Uh, Cam Thomas. They called the Nets Cam Thomas for an offensive foul for kicking out his leg on. I don't know if it's JRE or. Maybe it was maybe it was Ty Jerome. I can't remember, but they called an offensive foul, and then the other ref comes in and says, "I, I got a hostile act situation over here," and um, they said we we need to take a look at it. So your good friend, um, oh which ref was it? The Zach uh, Zarba. Zach Zarba. Zach Zarba comes over and and says to the to the uh, scores table, he says, uh, "We got an offensive foul against the Nets on on Cam Thomas," and we've got a. Uh, We've got a potential hostile act that we're going to take a look at uh, involving Blake Griffin and number 12 for Oklahoma City. He had no idea idea who Dicade was or even how to say his name. So, of course, it's his first NBA game, or or maybe not his first. but
0: um, It's his first Thunder game. Um, first he, Thunder game. He did so. play, I think, fourteen games for the Bucks okay. last season. But well, there you go. Someone so some sitting by me mentioned the same thing. Like he's not even uh, going to try to pronounce. It's Mamadi Diakite for the record. Diakite. But. Diakite there you yeah. go. And
1: but Zach Zarba had no idea either who it was or how to say his name. So number, number twelve. Uh, he, uh, you know the the NBA is such a personal league. Everybody calls each other by the first names. The players call the uh, the the referees by first name. They do the same. You know they. The refs call the players by name, and uh, you know it, it's real. Everybody knows each other, but uh, there is a limit to, to how much uh, personal knowledge they have each other.
0: Yeah, each I, other. I, think have, day, I think all these ten-day. I think all these ten-day contracts have, have probably been too to much the for the refs. Has, yeah, probably so. But that that just cracked
1: me up. I I hollered at my wife when that happened. I said, "Come here and look at this." Uh, so that was that was pretty cool.
0: Is there? It, it, are there any thoughts you have about the play of number twelve this evening? Um, <laughs> a, no, a man I mean, who we who we again we mentioned this trip all the time, but a, a guy we saw play in the NCAA tournament, played for the
1: Virginia. He was like the <laughs> he was like the fourth, but he played a really good game against the th- Sooners, didn't
0: he? I think yeah, I think he, he was, he was great. like I mean, he was really yeah. good defensively.
1: He might have been the player of the game.
0: In I think our, he came uh, off the that, bench.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, so he was like the fourth or fifth best player for Virginia that year. Um, which shows you how good they were. If you're fourth or fifth best players in the NBA, you got a pretty good college team. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he I mean, he's one of those guys that might make, you know, might be able to survive on a roster. I yeah. always enjoy, you know, John Hollinger of the Athletic is one of my favorite guys to follow. He's sort of a pioneer of NBA analytics. So much so that he got hired by the Memphis Grizzlies and spent six, seven, eight years in the Memphis front office. Has gone back to journalism, writing writing for the Athletic, but on Twitter he's a hoot because he's always he's always sort of he's a, he's a Virginia grad and he's always fired up anytime anybody from Virginia gets gets going. And um, the Thunder, who who was was somebody? Which game was it? Where Diacate they? Uh, since the thunder got him, brought him up, and of course you pair him with, uh, with Ty, Jerome. Ty Jerome, you got two Cavaliers there. And in a recent game, they played against another Virginia guy um, on the. Uh, uh, so he he tweeted out something about it. You know, had I think it was the Wizards. He was all fired up to watch the game because of how many Virginia guys are out there. Um, so. Um, you know he's going to play good defense because that's what they do at Virginia. They don't mess around with you if you don't play defense. So um, I thought it was uh, good for him to get out there and get mixed up with Blake Griffin. Blake will rough you up pretty good if you if you want him to, and he did. So um, we'll see if he helps. I uh, You know, he probably won't, but you never know. Who comes out of the East, Barry? Um... Well, you, uh, uh, is this a head or heart question? I gotta know. I don't know if you're asking my heart or if you're asking my head.
0: I'm asking your head.
1: Oh, well, probably the Nets because the <laughs> world is a cool, is a cold, cruel, dark place. So it's probably the Metropolitans. Here's what I was thinking today. The Nets may be the first team in the history of the NBA that does not want home f- home court advantage. Yeah,
0: it's it's this Nets team is a match. I mean, well. Well, because it's of just, Kyrie Irving. It's, yeah, because, because of Kyrie, of Kyrie Irving. Irving. It's just They'd like rather, hard to follow what they're, what's happening with them. And I know they it's just, play,
1: yeah, they they want to play Game Seven on the road, so that Kyrie Irving can play. I mean, it's
0: not, it's nuts. Um, it is nuts. I but I, I hate the that whole, they had to cave to to play. You know.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I blame the league. The league should have just said everybody's getting vaccinated. You don't have to get vaccinated, but if you want to play, you're getting vaccinated. Yeah, It's just the way it is. Um, but the league didn't do that, so they got to live with it. But um, I'm holding out hope that Chicago or Milwaukee or you know Miami's pretty tough. That's, if I was If I was Brooklyn, that's who I'd want to avoid cause Miami's got a couple guys out there, you know, they'll you know, they'll they'll uh
0: yeah, they're they're good.
1: A, they'll, they'll get a they'll get a rusty knife or something and stick it up in, in your back, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the, getting a rebound and that'll be the end of the game. You know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, that's they're not out there to, you know, sing Kumbaya. They're yeah. out there to to send you in a, home in a in a wooden box. That's what their goal is. Yeah, so. and Kyle
0: Lowry, and then you've got Hero coming yeah. off the bench. He, oh, Hero's yeah, yeah, the sixth yeah. man of the year favorite.
1: Yeah, Kyle, I forgot about Lowry. Yeah, they got, you know, they're the alley fight champions of the NBA.
0: Yeah, it's and a know, very I, I, Miami Heat team.
1: And I don't know. We know how tough. I mean, we know how talented the Nets are. I don't know how tough they are. Um, Miami's best players are tough. We really can't say that about the about the uh, about the Nets. So, uh, but I like Nets over Sixers. I like the Nets over uh, the Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls, and then the Bucks would be an interesting matchup, just because the Bucks have a really good team. And um, but but I still like Nets probably over them. It's the Heat that I don't know about. You know the Heat and. The Heat and the Nets would be an interesting, interesting series.
0: The East is fun. the The East is uh East race is going to be fun. The West race is going to be fun. But the the top No, oh, the West talent. race is the West race
1: is over. Memphis Grizzlies have it by a mile. They're they're the they're they're, they're they're dominating play. What have they won eighteen in a row? Twenty four in a row? I think.
0: I think it's ten, but close.
1: Ten? Well, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Lincoln Riley was the football coach at Oklahoma the last time the Grizzlies lost. So. Um, they got it going, but no, I, I think I think uh, the Nets will be all right. When, you know, other than having to play half their playoff games without Kyrie Irving. But um, what you saw tonight how valuable Kevin Durant is. You know, James Harden is an interesting and all time type great, but he's on he's on the back slope. And Brooklyn needs Kevin Durant, no doubt about it.
0: Some might say he's the most valuable player in the NBA. Yeah,
1: well, Who, I think he's we, the best.
0: We just submitted our uh, our midseason ballots for USA Today. Who who'd you have number one right now for MVP?
1: Steph Curry. I put Steph Curry. I had Durant. Um, did you? Yeah. I went with Steph. I just – they're 30 and 8. I don't know if they're 30 and 8. Whatever they are. Um, and that's without – you look at how well they're playing and you always judge them cuz they don't no longer have Durant. Well, they haven't had Clay Thompson either. I mean, this is this Golden State team there's nothing to get too excited about other than the Draymond Green Steph Curry pairing and yet they're you know, playing wonderfully. So that's why I put Curry. Yeah. Um
0: Related but, to that, know. I had I had Embiid and Jokic. I mean I had Jokic second, but I had Embiid in my top five too for that same reason. Just those two guys, yeah, I, what what they're doing to carry their teams.
1: Yeah, and that's without their sidekick. Yeah, you know, Ben Simmons and Jamal Murray. Yeah. Um but I, I think I had them those on the list too. I can't remember. But um yeah, I like Embiid a lot and Jokic, although Denver's a little bit of a squirrely team. I'm not you know, they were in town the other night and I just I don't know what's going on there. I know they're missing two prime players, but Aaron Gordon is not you know, he's not any better really with Denver than he is with was with Orlando, which made no sense to me. So
0: Yeah. But ideally he's he's designed to be their fourth best player instead of their second best player.
1: Yeah, and he's not their second best player, though. Uh, hey, that's the problem. Um, you know, Will Barton stole yeah. that mantle. So I don't know, but um, I do know. You know, the bad news is the Thunder won. The good news is New Orleans won tonight. Whack the Clippers, which was a huge game because that 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 helps the Clippers uh, down a notch. So, all in all, a good night I thought for the Thunder.
0: Yeah, never too early to look at the Tankathon standings. Uh the Thunder is fourth in the upside down standings. Um, half a game ahead or behind, whatever we're supposed to say, of the Indiana Pacers.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Indiana needs to start winning some games. Yeah. That's that's potential danger right there.
0: I think I danger. think Portland is potential danger
1: yeah. as well. Mm, yeah, okay. headed to the operating <laughs> table is yeah, Damian Lillard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's So that's not good.
0: That's, that's not, not good. good. All right. That's not good we'll, at all. We'll have plenty of time to talk about the tank. Uh, the Thunder has a very quick return home where they will play the upstart Cleveland Cavaliers um, on – let's see here. I'm, I'm confused. They play, Saturday night. They play Saturday them on Saturday night. night. And then the Thunder go on a road trip at Dallas, at San Antonio, at Charlotte, and then at Cleveland, so getting both of these Cleveland games out, out of the way a week apart from each other, exactly a week apart from each other. And then Billy Donovan and the Bulls come to home, come uh, to Oklahoma City next Monday. So kind of a fun stretch coming up. Um, Barry, I'm looking forward to talking about it with you, and I appreciate all of you listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. And uh, we'll be back with you to, to recap those games.